Danny Bridge. Oi, oi. I'm so excited that you're here. Thanks, um, lovely. One of my favourite human beings mm. in the world. You know that. Oh, thank you, my darling. And I've had you, uh, we've been on camera a few times in different capacities. We have, yeah. Last time I was helping with the Liveathon. Yeah, that was brilliant. Seriously, thank you so much. It was That's such a great. Around, I know. It's brilliant. So I think about that. Anyway, for another day. Um, today you're with me to come on our Curious Entrepreneurs channel to talk to our audience, which are predominantly under 24. So uh, some of us are entering into the world. They haven't quite had the roller coaster that, that we've been on mm. um, already. So uh, talking about entrepreneurship and education, um, I want to talk to you about community interest companies as well. Um, but first, would you mind just introducing yourself? How do you introduce yourself? Oh, well, you know, it's rather, you know, <laughs> elaborate. And <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm Danielle. I'm the chief exec of ABC Love Sport. So ABC Love Sport delivers physical and mental health first aid training across the UK. We're now moving into education for adults around getting them back into work, which is coming later on this year. Very exciting, or the front end of next year, which is awesome. And we're also running an empowerment program, which is where we deliver train the trainer programs to agencies across the UK for them to deliver into their own communities. So pretty awesome stuff. So I speak on mental health. I do lots of talks um, around that subject and, yeah, just educating people as to what it is that's important, I guess. Amazing, which you do for me every day, actually. <laughs> Sometimes I try to yeah, yeah exactly. Like, Alex, you all right? You all right? <laughs> Listen to this tune. Yeah, it's banging. Yeah. Yeah. Bless you. Well, look, we'll get into some of that. So we will start the same, same question. So what currently sparks your curiosity when you think about 2023, what are you curious about? This is such a, well, you don't ever go small, dear Alex. Like, seriously, brilliant question. Um, I think what sparks my curiosity for 2023 is revolution. Mm. I feel something in the air. Do you know what I mean? It's charged at the moment. There's a lot mm. of resistance. There's a lot of lack of acceptance. We are, we're not going to be accepting what we've been given and we're going to stand up for what's right, especially in the education system, actually, which is something that I'm really happy to see. Okay. I think now people are are standing up and saying, no, not right, not for me. I want something different. I want something better. And I'm really up for that. Okay, awesome. So you've gone in on a revolution. I love this work. <laughs> so, okay, you're up for it. What does that look like? What do you do? You see that as a positive, and um, do you have any view on that? Do you have a bad personally or, or professionally? I've got two kids. I've got a 13 and a 14-year-old. And I've been in the cafe when you've got a phone call. Yeah, well, ex exactly right. So there's a lot of stuff that's going on with the education system at the moment where they're failing our children. And I've got two kids. And do you know what? I honestly thought at the beginning of this journey of, of motherhood mm -hmm. for two teenagers that I would be quite a laid-back mum. I thought I'd be one of those that's, well, you know, guys, you just got to get on with it. That's school, blah, blah, And I'm not. <laughs> I'm, and my kids aren't. And they know that I'm not as well, which I don't think is sometimes very good because they they know that how I feel leverage about it. it yeah and not necessarily necessarily leverage it but they know that I'm not invested mm. in what the schools are currently doing I don't agree with what the schools are currently doing all the time so they come home with all of these stories going mum they said blah 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 and I'm like well it's just terrible you know um which isn't You're good invested in yeah, them. well I am but I'm, all, I'm also giving them kind of carte blanche to go back to the school and to to challenge and although there is a part of me that's very happy about that, there is also the conformist in me that's like, well, guys, it's school, you know, to kind of conform because that's what it's all about. So I'm a bit conflicted, but I'm also very open in that feeling. Yeah. I share that with my kids, that I'm conflicted 
because I want them to go to school every day and I want them to be good students and I want them to, you know, listen and take it all on. But I also, on the other hand, want them to challenge the status quo and I want them to kind of stand up and stand up for themselves and stand up for what it is that they think is important, which is a bit of a... Yeah. You know, there's con, it's the chaos and the optimism both yeah. playing off each other. It's like, well, where is the opportunity and all of that? And we asked, um, so when we met Stephen Bartlett recently and we asked him what he was curious about. And um, he was very curious about the uh, opportunities in all of this chaos and all of this messiness. Yeah. Um, so where be a, a re- revolution or, or whatever that looks like, I think we're all actually in agree- agreement and that's happening. Um, but unfortunately... I don't know if we're in a position where we actually can influence it or not because yeah. who who are we trying to influence? You know what? Who's responsible? Seriously, it's such an interesting question because my husband and I have been talking about this quite quite recently. And actually, I'm reading a book at the moment called Outrage by Dottie. I don't know if you've ever I heard of this. Really, one, really interesting yeah. book, which basically talks about how in the social media age, we're all quite outraged by things we see all anything, the time, right? right? Anything and everything, yeah. And we'll we'll kind of stand against our, our outrage and rah, rah. And if it's the education system, it might be that, you know, I'll put a post out about it or I will answer someone and go, yes, rah, here, here. But nothing ever gets done. And then we were talking, my husband and I were talking about the poll tax riots, you know, all the riots um, with the with the injustice of, of the community, you know, the police force on the black community years and years and years ago, where they got out and did something. Yeah. You know, they did something, they stood up, there was violence. I'm not advocating violence under any circumstances, but there was this need for, I'm going to push and I'm going to stand up and I'm going to be counted and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to stamp my feet and I'm going to walk these streets and I'm going to say what I think. Whereas now I think we tend to hide behind our phones yeah. and, you know, we have our protesting there. And, you know, I mean, not necessarily everything. There was a lot of protesting, you know, in 2020, as we know, yeah, yeah. Sarah Everard and the killing of George Floyd, etc. And people did go out there and peaceful, peacefully protest. But nothing gets done. So we stand up and we talk about it, but nothing gets done. Mm. And I have been, I've been quite vocal about my apathy towards all of this stuff. And what I mean by that is sometimes it's really hard to build up a sense of wanting to do stuff when I'm just so browbeaten by it all. Do you know what I mean? I'm just like, like you said, you know, how do we do it? How do we Dangerous. make a difference? How do we make, you know, my kids go to, go to school and get a decent education about things that matter in the world? How do I do that without writing an email? Rawr! You know, because you feel, you, I feel yeah, you just get, I feel powerless the sometimes. Outrage. The outrage of it, right? Mm. So yeah, my, the reason I guess I'm, I'm curious about next year or what I want to see in the world in terms of change is how we can mobilize that you know i said earlier on there is this this feeling there's this charge but how can we mobilize it to actually make a difference in terms of change so move from a a vocal minority to a mobile minority yeah absolutely you know but how can my kids be heard at school Mm. on things that are actually really important and desire you know deserve answers without being thrown into a C2 because of insolence. <laughs> How can those teachers become curious about what their students are saying? Mm. How can the students be how can the students be armed with information to be able to talk about these things uh, diplomatically without causing problems at school yeah. or rioting at school right but <laughs> getting their put although no, no. Oh <laughs> I'm just sorry, guys. We're so, we're so sorry. We're so sorry <laughs> about the riot. <laughs> we 
we're not we're not advocating rights at school um but, but yeah exactly <laughs> but you know there is this opportunity for them to be able to say actually guys the education system hasn't changed in x amount of years yeah. we are of an area of an era where we don't recognize this anymore you know you're asking us to do stuff i'm not aligned with it i don't feel it, it doesn't yeah. connect you know how can we push forward with our own agenda there's a really interesting video i don't know if you've seen it being shared around social media over the last week or so with the quadratic formula. There's a young girl stood up in the member in the parliament and said, I can I can recite the quadratic formula. And she did it, she recited it and said, Well actually that was pinned up on my wall for three months. And um you know, when my GCSEs came around, luckily it came up and I got it right. But it didn't prepare me for you know, the rest of my life. So what does my, my mental health mean and, and what how do I maintain my well-being? What does tax mean? How do I go get a job? All of that sort of stuff. And she put this call to action into the parliament. Everyone stood there, clapped, and everyone's sharing it on LinkedIn. It's him. I get tagged in all these things, you can imagine. Yep. And I, my comment on every single one of them was, yes, and everyone will share of it, share it, and everyone will applaud, yet budgets are cut and the action's not there. Mm. It was the same as Sir Ken Robinson. I'm a... I, you know, passing of Sir Ken Robertson, uh, bless you and your family. You know, I thought you know his TED talk from 15 years ago yeah. about how school kills creativity. creativity yeah, he's actually just got a new book out. His daughter's published it called Imagine If, which I'm looking forward to read. Um, 20 million, 200, no, 20 million views on YouTube. Everyone clapped. Everyone goes, yeah, yeah. No action. <laughs> Where's the action? At? There is, because we do not have the power. Therein lies the issue, right? When you have people in government who are the policy writers and the people that write this stuff and tell us what it is that we're supposed to do, who have no connection whatsoever to the experiences, even though it's staring them blatantly in the face, there is no accountability for those that govern. Yeah. Where is the, you know, the independent adjudicators of said government, right? There isn't. It doesn't exist. So from that point of view... Nothing gets done. And I genuinely, I mean, you and I have had this conversation offline yeah. before about the education system. And I swear to goodness, it's almost as if someone has gone, uh, Mr. Minister, Mrs. Minister or Minister, we have to do something about the education system. It's really not fit for purpose. Okay, bring it over here. They open this big old book and go, a bit too big, can't be dealing with <laughs> that, that right now. Yeah, yeah, shut it and pass it on. Literally, because there is no other way of explaining how we are getting it so wrong. So at the moment, I'm delivering a training program into a school in Hertfordshire called our Young Persons Empowerment Program. And it's all around my citizenship and my mental health. Literally those two modules. That's it. It's a 10 wow. week program. First one's intriguing me. It's pretty interesting. My citizenship. My citizenship. And what has been really instrumental for me in terms of carrying on this program is how impactful it has been to teach young people at school about life skills about them being a part of the community of being part of society and about their place in it hence my citizenship mm. and get this because this is the bit that's quite interesting to me it's not for the school it's okay. for the the other provision yeah the alternative, oh, the provision. alternative provision yeah yeah, yeah my favorite so well it's because they can't go to school right that they, they, they don't fit in to the school and mm. uh, they don't sit still for long enough or That's they don't brilliant. you know so these guys are coming into a class every monday doing a session with me and some other associates such as david duker and jolene oh, ironside really? where we are doing things on confidence and resilience where david's bringing some information from nice. the past 
we are doing some things around mindfulness and self-care. We are doing things around my citizenship, what makes a good person, what makes a good first aider, for example. You know, those kinds of things. And the change in these young people is just phenomenal. On week one, I was asking them how you are. You know, that's one, one thing we do throughout all of our weeks. How are you? And I spend a good five minutes on that. On week one, I didn't get a feedback, nothing. Today, the teacher said, actually, Danielle, these guys, I just want to say thank you so much because on week one, they wouldn't have said a word, but now everyone's being really honest about how they are. Yeah. And we're talking about how you are, honestly, and moving forward with solutions. So these young people are in a school, they're learning something which I wish every kid had an opportunity to listen to. Mm -hmm. And the only reason they are on this programme is because the school didn't know what to do with them. And that's the bit that frustrates me. And then on the other course I did it a couple of weeks ago, where I talked about young people, was on a money and mental health workshop, right? So yeah. this is for adults who work in citizens' advice who work in Department of Work and Pensions, who work in other agencies where they're dealing with people who have serious mental health challenges mm -hmm. and mental health difficulties, because the link there is quite clear. Yeah. And we're talking about this. We're talking about, you know, what is it that we need to do? And I'm going, we need to go back. We need to go back to the young ki young people. Start that eight young, years old. That young person who, who managed to regurgitate that thing. What was it yeah, that yeah, she did? The quadratic formula. What the actual, <laughs> I mean, will the quadratic equation help me with my debt management or will it help me go and budget when i have to go to iceland and waitrose to go and get my shopping no, no, will it no. help me to understand my place in the world no it won't now for somebody who works in that no disrespect right that's your business you crack on with that and i understand that that is very specific to a to a skill set that you need for a specific job yeah. but in terms of the things that we that we need to yeah well, that we need <sighs> to learn how about knowing not to Klarna something? Have you ever heard of Klarna? Yeah, of course. Don't Klarna. Don't do it. Yeah. What's Klarna, I hear you say? It's well, a payment scheme that you can get on a jumper that costs well, seven ninety nine. So you can now split that seven ninety nine just payment bad habits. into... But for some people who haven't got enough money, that might be the only way that they've got it, right? right. I get it. But what they don't know is if you Klarna £100 worth of things, it's going to turn into £600 worth of debt. Right, yeah. There's no education on that. So we're talking about how, as adults, that we can overcome these things. When I'm saying by the time we get to adulthood, it's too late. Mm. We're then just doing cleanup. We're then doing firefighting. Yeah. We need to go back to the basics. We, we need to change it. We need a revolution. Absolutely. Yeah, flipping lootly, you know? So, to unpack there. Yeah. I think, um, so I think this is the power. So there's a couple of things you said. There was a, uh, something about lived experience first. That I think is really key to understand. There's a, a wonderful organisation that I've met, and I hope to get on a podcast soon called Expert Citizens. They're, they're a, surprise, surprise. They're a CIC, um, and they're all about lived experience through homelessness. Mm. And what they're now doing, which is amazing, up in Stoke on Trent, they're pulling together lived experience citizen crews to advise policymakers on how to oh, create policies. Brilliant. Right? So, yes, fantastic. Um, so I do, so here's the entrepreneur in me. Um, are we going to wait for them to do it? Bear in mind, I just said 15 years ago, Sir Ken Robinson told us all and we all clapped and quadratic formula video goes viral and you're in there, you can see it. You mentioned David's in there, he can see it. Obviously, we were engaging with, I don't know, nearly 30 schools now, we can see it other partners in our um, crews, not even just in schools, 
working with sport, we're working with social housing projects, and I know you're doing the same. We can see it all. We're all out there. We're all out having battles. Mm. And then we're every now and again, like now, we're coming out from our battle. We're coming back to regroup. Go, oh, you're right. Can we just have a hug? Can we have a cup of tea? Yeah. Oh, you know, and we get very um, agitated by it, and there's outrage and, and whatever else. But are there, are, you know, is community interest companies the opportunity here? Where whilst our government are, I actually think they are leaning closer towards trusting us because the CIC element, because of that that structure and label enables us to say, hey. We are here, we make this guarantee, and we're a safe bet. You know, we also look after ourselves because we can make revenue. Um, are there opportunities, do you think, in the market for other others to come into the CIC landscape to start to address some of these issues alongside the education system? Not to say they shouldn't change, because mm, I agree. Mm, we should be, mm. let's go. I'll take, I'm with you. Let's yeah. start. Let's go down to number yeah. 10 and sort them out. But actually, in our local area... A few community interest companies working together, like you've just described there, is that not a solution that we could embrace? Yeah, absolutely. It is a solution. It's a solution that exists for as long as the revenue exists. Yes. And, and therein the lies the problem. Because, so let's talk about that. Because a CIC model is yeah. effectively you trade and you use your money, your profits, to be able to go and offset that in the community in, in whichever way you see fit. Yeah. So for us, it's subsidised training. Um, we've, we're not... Um, we're not dependent upon grants and 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 uh, other money because of the fact that when you are trading, people aren't really necessarily uh, giving as giving as perhaps no, to CRCs as yeah. they would be to yes. charities. Yes. And I get that. I understand that because there is a way to make money. But there is also an opportunity for us to be able to work with the demographics from what the CIC is built from. Now, every founder, chief exec of a CIC, built the business because of a need, because of a lived experience. All of us. That's why... We do the work that we do, which is right. why our founder stories are so strong, because we do work for for, for the benefit of society. And it's mm -hmm. the very essence and very core of what we do. And so therefore, we have a drive. We are driven to see change mm -hmm. in the world or whichever group of people that we are working with, because it is our very core and our very essence. And that's wonderful. But <laughs> mm. as an organisation, you then have all of the other things that you've got to do from a business point of view which then support the CIC model, the impact, right? So the impact is what we all want to see. The, the running of the company is sometimes a hard and sometimes a challenge and financially not as lucrative perhaps as we would be if we were running these big old multi, you know, stakeholder organisations yeah. where they get loads of Trust money in their pocket. Them. Absolutely. So it does become, I don't know about you, but there is a certain level of resentment for me specifically mm. around doing business for good and wanting to see change in the world. But financially, it not being as oh. as as lucrative. So there is a concern I have that we are doing the work of social services. We are. I know that. We are yeah. doing the work of social services, and yet there is a social service budget, which they keep cutting all the time, right? So we as business owners are holding up a social service, which we are all paying for in our taxes, which we are all paying for and contributing to. Yeah. So there is a level of resentment there for me. You're not alone, by the way. And and absolutely. But I am also very happy to be able to work within the groups I'm working with to deliver the qualitative impact that I deliver on a daily yeah. basis. So I do believe that there is an opportunity for us, but there is a thing in the back of my head that says, well, why the bloody hell should we have to? There was a, um, a local, another local CIC speaking to the other day that have been doing they've been feeding uh, 
uh, families that, that can't afford to, mm. to not food bank, but mm. they're a CIC, a separate one. I won't, I won't name names. Um, but they, the council is actively referring people to them. Yeah, no money. Can't, uh, and w- not worse than, than, than no money. Um, they're actually trying to shut them down because they're not a charity. So they're saying, well, we can't, we're, we're going to keep passing people to you. We tell you we need you to scale, we need you to grow because we need to keep passing people to you. But we can't give any money, we can't give any support because you're set up as a CIC and not a charity. So I, I think there's probably some opportunities there. I think the most important thing for me with a ma- with that macro head, that curious head on, is if we can prove it, if we can prove because you, you know, we talk about founder-led experience, mm. so we started it because we've got lived experience. The reason I started a CIC is because as a 14-year-old father leaving school with no options, that was this is what I wish I had. Mm-hmm. How, I know we know your story, and and um, I, I will link back to actually a, a podcast episode I did with Danny um, on a previous uh, podcast because your story is very relevant to that point. But if we can showcase it, if we can document it, if we can show we're more effective, then I do think that then we can then there'll be no, no choice. Mm-hmm. They have to. Mm-hmm. The future is CIC. Future, I'm sorry, the future has to be CIC. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, I'm in agreement of with, with obviously with the CIC model. It's something that we've been running since 2012, right? Yeah. So you were one of the first. View, yeah, we were one of the first. I remember it was really tough. People didn't understand it. Yeah, yeah and we first, still, they, still they were like, like why, why are you doing that? You mean you're not like getting loads of profit? Like, no, I want to do work business for good. And there are people out there who can't access this stuff, right? And I want to try and help them it was an interesting conversation with my accountant yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah, like really what um but he kind of got you know jumped on board and people it's now more accepted i think even even these short years later i agree with you alex i think that there is an opportunity for us all mm. i've got to just drop the anger i think because that's, that's the thing that for me is that oh you know because you see the cost of living at the moment it's Gosh. a really tough time cost of living tough. everything tough. is tough it's tough Everyth- in a good in a good economy yeah, let alone in a economy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let alone in a failing economy. Horrendous. And actually, as we kind of dig deeper into this time, it's it's becoming more scary and more urgent. This sense of urgency um, is becoming more. And I think that's where my my mental health awareness kicks in because I'm now going right. Okay, there is this sense of urgency. There is anger attached to it. There is panic. There is all these things that are happening because of what's going on in the world. That's where I go macro to micro because mm, then I go it. okay. What can I do now? What can I do to help support myself and those people in my community or my circle to try and, you know, drill back to the the actual basics to ride this this wave out until 2023 when it all kicks off? (laughs) When the opportunity comes. Yeah, exactly. Perfect segue into talking about entrepreneurship Mm. because if there's ever an opportunity for anyone in any market when the recession comes, history tells us over over decades the entrepreneurial endeavours and entrepreneurs or people with an entrepreneurial mindset will look at a recession and go, sweet, let me come play. Mm. Because that's where the disruption comes in, when people are desperate, when you know, that's where I think the opportunities are. So have you yet identified yourself as an entrepreneur yet? No. And I knew you were going to say that. I'm glad you did because <laughs> we were on a bit of a campaign and a mission as part of our CIC to re- redefine what the word entrepreneur means. Um, because... You know, for me, entrepreneurship is the ultimate form of creativity. Mm. It's someone that can take an idea um, and put energy towards turning it into value. Yes. In any form, whether that means socially, whether that means 
um, financially, financially yeah, whatever yeah, that means. Yeah, so yeah. for me, the definition of entrepreneur is someone like you. <laughs> really? See, no. Right, I, I'm gonna try. This is really interesting because mm. I see myself as a social worker. Really? <laughs> More than an entrepreneur. You're a social entrepreneur. Well, I don't see myself as that. I don't know what. I don't know why. You maybe. Just about it. So, in, in since I last saw you, yeah, you've you've released news. You've you've seen an issue over here in the school, and you've you know pulled in various different um, stakeholders and and your creativity to pull together a, a program about citizenship and mental health. Which is unique in my mind. I haven't seen anything like that locally. And you've gone, ah, that there you go, serve the need. You've talked about this other service that you've got going on. You you you're speaking, you're over here. You're an entrepreneur. <laughs> I'm sorry to break it. To all, you. Right, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> why so the question is, and it, and we, it's a question we've been asking a lot of our guests that are social entrepreneurs, um why the resistance? What is it? Is there is there some negative feeling towards that word? No, there isn't. I don't think that. I don't think there is. I see entrepreneurs as people. I see you as one. I, you've got multiple um, income streams, multiple ideas that are all running at the same time. My husband, when he was younger, um, set up making mixtapes and he sold them. That's entrepreneurship to me. Yeah. He had a job. And he loved music and he loved to get that out. He loved what he did. And he wanted other people to hear it and also wanted to make a bit of money, right? Mm -hmm. So actually, I'm going to build this thing and I'm going to do these mixtapes and I'm going to sell them. And, you know, that's what he did. I find that. My husband's definitely got an entrepreneurial mindset. Yeah, yes, yeah. you have well, I haven't met him, 100%. Have. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Um, you know, so I, I find I find people that who are entrepreneurs have multiple ideas around multiple things. And perhaps that's where I resist it because I have multiple ideas around the same thing. And that's perhaps where I put the word entrepreneur, which is why I have such resistance to it. And it's not resistance to the word itself. It's where I see myself in that. So that's why. So it's okay. not, I don't think it's necessarily the fact I don't, you know, I, I resist the word. I think it's the, I resist or perhaps have an idea of what it is versus what other people think it is maybe. Well, that's good. It's easy. And that's why it's such a great word. That's mm. why we love the curious entrepreneurs because we all, as far as I'm concerned, everyone should be an entrepreneur. Every single person, so uh, great quote, um, uh, I can't remember his name now, terrible, um, but, and I'll probably bastardise the actual quote, <laughs> but he said, you know, we're not all, not every student needs to, be, needs to be an entrepreneur, but everyone will have to think like one someday. Mm. Because what we need is, I want our nurses to be entrepreneurs, I want our teachers to be entrepreneurs, I want our policymakers to be entrepreneurs. We need agility and creativity in the market right now. We need to enable people to have that entrepreneurial mindset to go, oh, I can do something. I can, amongst this outrage, see the opportunity to find ways to sell, help myself and help others. Mm. So it's, um, it's, it's a, there's no right or wrong. Absolutely. Oh, no, because I want, I want everyone to be a social worker. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> I want everyone to be like a, to do social work and to, and to understand what, it's, what it means to be part of a community where you care yeah. about each other. And, you know, I had an idea, I've been talking to you about it, that I said, for me, every school leaver of any age range yes. should go into social work. And what I mean by that is they should know what it means to care for others, be that working in a nursery, be that working in an elderly person's home or a retirement village, be that work in a hospital, be that working with another human to understand what it's like to care for community and that is where my citizenship part comes mm. to play because yeah. actually and it's interesting you talk about entrepreneurship which i see very not insular because insular is the wrong word but a very individualism it based upon individualism mm. either for the for the growth of everybody which is great yeah. and i love the idea of being able to pivot and to understand 
that actually when when it's all going down the pan, I can pivot and think outside of the box and go for that and go for that. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. And in fact, that leads really, really for me into resilience, right? Mm-hmm. Bouncing back and doing something different. And I applaud anyone who's able to do that. I don't find myself in that position. I go, oh gosh, if it all moves, what happens? You know, that panic that might come. But I think for me, it's that whole, it goes back to that whole sense of community, that sense of of, of caring and that nurturing side of humanity that I, th- I think we need more of. And in fact, if all of our government, yeah, government, mm. if they had to do what I've just explained and talk, they would not be able to sit in those seats and actively do the things that they do without understanding the impact. Mm. And I think that's what's missing in our society is this understanding, this empathy of caring. That's what's missing for me. Mm. Love it. I don't love it. Actually, it's quite alarming and shocking. But I'm. Um, I think there's opportunity in it. And mm-hmm. I think there's. You know, I'm really proud of the work you're doing. I'm really proud of the work we're doing. I'm really proud of the community that's building around all of this. And uh, and I actually, I think amongst you know, bring it back to your original thing that you were curious about around this revolution that's coming. Um, it's going to come through kindness and trust. Absolutely, and community. Alex, what you're building in terms of the curious entrepreneurs is community. And I know that we talk about entrepreneurship and people being you know able to be to think of themselves and think about what they're doing and and but you're doing it in a community oh, right absolutely. and that for good, me a good entrepreneur embraces community yeah well look at when you talk about entrepreneurs funny because the first guy that comes to mind is richard brunson i don't know I what know. it is it's probably his it's, books, yeah probably and that he for me i don't know why maybe it's because that's what i've been fed in the media big old mm. entrepreneur but actually people that are part of his brand feel a massive sense of family and a sense of community these things are not done in isolation they're certainly not done in silos we, we know, both love Romsey Mill yes so Romsey yeah. Mill down Mill Road in the 70s was actually built by and founded by an entrepreneur mm. a local entrepreneur that saw a need for uh, services that were missing within his community so he started that youth yep. club he built that and he's handed it over to the community yep. that was an entrepreneurial endeavour yep, so you can be I think it's where, this always comes back to and I'll finish on this but you know, this comes back to the many hats. Yes. You know, I'm a citizen. I'm a father. I'm a friend. I'm an uncle. I'm, a, I'm, I'm all of those different things. Mm. Um, and that's who I am, an individual. If I'm Alex. My name's Alex, and now I'm a citizen. <laughs> um, <that's, laughs> Love that's that, hello, Alex. Your that's, that's, that'll get you started. Yeah, exactly. But sometimes I have to perform. I have to put on a hat. Sometimes the chair. Sometimes I'm the chair of the SNES initiative, and, you know, this Friday I'm off for... Um, lunch with our MP. Uh, for, uh, first time I've, he's been back to Saneers for six years apparently and I've attracted him here through my energy and now he's going to have to deal with the chair of Saneers Initiative. He ain't going to deal with Alex the Citizen because that's too nice. He's got to deal with the chair of Saneers Initiative of standing up for different people's represent. I'm representing someone else. Sometimes I've got to be the entrepreneur. Sometimes I've got to be the teacher. Sometimes I've got to be the mentor. And I think that's why I agree. Um, we're both completely aligned. Actually, actually, we need to be better humans and support each other, mm. 100%. That's the end game. Mm. But to get there, to break these silos, to show that we can do it differently, we may just feel like we need to we, we need to start thinking more entrepreneurial initially to get it off the ground. Mm. Then we can need to hand over to a more a custodial mindset, mm. I think is probably the right word, where we're not thinking about ourselves. Actually, we're thinking about my eight-week-year-old baby and his future because yeah. that's what I'm here to do it. That's right. Laying down the laying down the foundations now, right? Danny Bridge. Alex. 
I can't believe um, we have, our time is up because I do, we could just this happens every time all the time. Yes. <laughs> well, maybe we'll we'll go deep on the liveathon or something. Absolutely. Where can we find Danny Bridge um, and follow your epic journey through social entrepreneurship? Yeah. So yes. Oh, on the uh, on the I must do more on my socials. Um, I'm at Danielle Bridge CEO. I, well, I I'm trying. I'm trying, and, and the thing is. I'm terrible because I'm quite honest on there. So you'll get me going, I feel rubbish today. Um, Whereas I I think some people like, oh, (laughs) Um, so yeah, Danielle Bridge CEO on Instagram, Danielle Bridge on LinkedIn. I'm quite active on LinkedIn. Um, Twitter, it scares the bejeebies at me. So I don't even go there. And if I do, I kind of jump on and go, oh, no, thank you. And jump back off. And search for Danielle Bridge CEO. Yeah, on Instagram, you'll be able to see me. Thank you so much for your support. It's a pleasure. Thank you, my darling. It's lovely to see you.